Weekend dough, get him on the phone. Say he got a play, bring it to the brain. Turn the rain to snow, dripping head to toe. And welcome back to the Hard to Handle Sports Podcast. My name is Ismael Zahwan. What a weekend of sports we had. Ends with another lackluster primetime game, which has been kind of the theme of this season. Uh, Seahawks completely destroy the Giants. Another rough game by Daniel Jones. Obviously not his fault. Not completely his fault. The line was atrocious. But we will talk on that. We will. I got a lot of hate for saying that he's not the answer for the Giants. It looks like Dayball's getting a little, a little upset at him. But we'll touch on that. I wanted to start with the Wolves upsetting Manchester City with a phenomenal display of defense and Neto looking amazing. That's what I wanted to start off with. I also want to touch on the Patriots getting absolutely destroyed by the Cowboys. What's going on over there? But I'm going to have to start with Liverpool. Liverpool who got who got crushed crushed by the refs, man. The refs absolutely doing Liverpool dirty. Um I feel I feel bad for Liverpool fans. I've already ranted on VAR so many times, but I'm going to do it again. So stay tuned for that. Also we'll touch Briefly on the Bills dominating the Dolphins. Beautiful, beautiful display of football. Dominant performance from like the second quarter on. They broke away from the Dolphins. They did lose Tredavious White, their star cornerback, to a torn Achilles. Torn Achilles, it got confirmed on Monday. So it sucks for the Bills because, man, I don't. can they win the Super Bowl without their star cornerback? I mean, if they keep playing like this, they possibly could, but that's a huge loss for the Bills. Um, but yeah, let's 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 get this episode started. Liverpool lose two one to Tottenham on a late late own goal, and man, if you're a Liverpool fan, I I would still be fuming today. It's Tuesday now, and I would still be like mad. I would still be hot. Um, Liverpool, who's supposed to be top of the league right now, if they win that match. Wolves, my Wolves, did them a huge favor beating Manchester City earlier in the day. Their first defeat of the season, breaking their perfect start to the season. And it's like, boom, Liverpool looking good. They do have Tottenham away. So it's it's a tough matchup. Tottenham's been looking good. But even with 10 players, we haven't even even going to talk about the Reds that much because we got to focus on the atrocity, atrocity that... The Revs did with the VAR decision and all their mishaps and their how inept they are and just how terrible VAR has been, especially in the Premier League. But that red card was controversial to a lot of people. Me personally, I can see how it's a red. It's a soft red. Don't get me wrong. It's a soft red. Like obviously, who was it? Curtis Jones goes for the goes for the challenge, goes hard into a challenge. Not even that hard. He just goes decently hard. His foot slips on the ball. And then you see the cleats, cleats make contact with the with the other player's leg, so it's cleat on leg. If you do a still image, it looks pretty rough, but if you show the context of him rolling over the ball, going decently strong but not not excessive force, then you could be like, oh, that's kind of that's kind of rough. So soft red, soft red, but that's my two cents on that. Now, as far as the rest of the things, like honestly, I could have seen. I've seen softer penalties been called before. There was a challenge. But I forgot which defender in Tottenham did the challenge. It was early in the game. It was a corner kick. 
Um, I want to I want to say it was Romero early in the game on the right side. Liverpool was attacking, and there's like a little cutback, and he kind of clashes with the leg, and they fall. I'll try to put a picture. If you're just listening to the audio, I hope you have some type, some sort of resemblance or drawback to this to this play. But honestly, I thought that was a penalty. Like the ball gets kicked to the side, to the corner, and he like takes his leg out, comes in very clumsy, and I don't know. I, like <laughs> Argentina got penalties for way softer contact than that. So like I'll leave it at that. Like that could have been a penalty for Liverpool. Not gonna lie, I was watching it and I thought it was a penalty, especially with the tolerance or like the bar that that has been set or I've seen get set for penalties. Like it's gotten like softer and softer. Maybe last year it peaked at like a very soft level during the World Cup and then it's slowly going a little bit up, but it's still very soft what what they call for penalties nowadays. But that could have been a penalty in my opinion. They checked it according to the commentary and it got checked pretty quick and then went to corner. The red by by Diego Jota like it's kind of dumb. On I, I'm not too sure if he did make contact on that first yellow. If he didn't, it's bullshit. If he did, then that's just dumb on Diego Jota because it's, it's still dumb on him regardless. You get a yellow, like you shouldn't be making that second challenge. But that first yellow is a little weak. And then there's there's other little bits and pieces over there where like the it did look like the ref was going against Liverpool. But man. The offside goal that they took away from Diaz, that's insane. Like, it's clear as day that he was on. Everyone knew that he was on. Like, everyone. I, the, the the freaking field has the lines that make it clear if you're onside or not. Like, it's, it's obvious that you're on. And the fact that they got it wrong, like, the commentators, the pundits in the halftime were trying to make sense of it. Like, oh, you know, like... It could be offsides. We don't have all the angles. Like they they didn't draw the lines. Like we don't know. And then after the match, we get we get the news that like there was so much miscommunication that the VAR people didn't even know what they were checking. The VAR people didn't even know what had been called on the field, so they didn't know they didn't know if yes meant yes it's a goal or yes it's offside. And they thought it was yes it's a goal, but it was it actually meant if you're saying yes, then you're agreeing with the offsides so it's just it's so dumb it's so dumb like it's it's so dumb like how are you not watching the field how do you not know what the ref called on the field so you don't you don't even know what you're confirming it's it's so bad so like the fact that var has this much like human components of it is it's, it's kind of annoying too because the reason we have var is to take the human error out of it and you're still getting a lot of human error like and there's a lot of plays that are left to interpretation like instead of left to interpretation on the ref it now becomes left to the interpretation of the people up in VAR and it's, it's just annoying it's just annoying like I'm tired of complaining about VAR um but I will say this I will say this to Liverpool fans that think they're out to get them I don't think I don't think that at first I thought maybe or like in prisoner of the moment I was like damn this shit sucks like it really looks like they're out to get Liverpool 
But now that I think about it, now that I look back at some of my previous videos, scroll through my TikTok, follow my TikTok if you guys haven't followed it. Um, my my latest bar rant was when Liverpool tied 2-2 against Wolves. And, and, you know, not a lot of people are probably going to remember this because it favored Liverpool at the time against Wolves, a small team. So usually people remember the, the ones that hurt their big team because they have a larger following so it's easier for people to remember because there's more fans people talk about it more if you guys don't remember 2-2 FA Cup in Anfield they take a Wolves goal off because it's called offsides VAR wants to check it and VAR says that they they don't have all the angles so I think it was Nunes when he was with us was took a corner and he was walking back from the corner and they called offside and because he was at the edge of the field by where the corner is, they said that the VAR cameras didn't get him. That that was like a dark spot in the VAR cameras. And that was insane. It was like, what? How is, there, how is that even possible at Anfield in the richest league of the world, the Premier League? Like, I know it was the FA Cup, but it's still the English Premier League, the English League. It was just insane to me. And it was like, and then... The second, there was another controversial call where Salah's offside. I think it was Toti. He went up to get a header, and he headed it wrong, and it landed on on Salah, and he scored a goal. I think it was a 2-2 tie. And it was they didn't call it offsides because the center back touched it, but then he wouldn't have gone for that header, or he probably would have done something else if Salah's not behind him, and Salah's offside, so like, it should have been offside. I don't know. That was a bullshit game. The fact that VAR didn't have the whole field and there was dark, like, dark spots, black spots that you can't see, like, that you have no, that you have no image of, like, that's insane to me. So I think it comes around. What I'm trying to get to is that it comes around. It's not, it's not against Liverpool. It, like, everyone's going to get their bad share of it. Everyone eventually is probably going to get a good call, go towards them. Everyone's probably going to get a bad call or a bad game. And that's just the way it is with VAR. So I don't think I'm not done with my I'm not done with my idea yet. So VAR is going to benefit or it's going to hurt you. I don't think they're out to get anyone. At the time I did, I was like, they're helping the big teams. And maybe maybe they still are a little bit or like they're, if you check what way they're leaning, they're kind of leaning towards helping the big teams. But, uh, but overall, it's going to hurt and help everyone, at least a bit. But that's where, like, that's when you start thinking, like, what's the point of VAR? Because that's that's kind of how it was before. That's kind of, like, the human error, the refs calling the, the play, like, right there, right there and then. Like, if it's offsides, it's offsides. If it's not, it's not. Red card here, like, it is what it is. And with VAR, you lose a lot of the natural flow of the game. You lose the celebrations. Like, sometimes pivotal moment in the game, someone scores a winner, and instead of the stadium going electric and the player going electric and celebrating, so a lot of times it's like, oh, we got to wait for the VAR check. And it kind of kills that moment because you're waiting for the VAR check. VAR check checks a while. All right, it's a goal. Yeah, celebrate. But that celebration is no longer the same. That moment's no longer the same because you had to wait for that decision. Or right. I don't know. It's annoying. It could be I could be prisoner of the moment. Like I said, like 
I want to I want to say I don't have the numbers. I do want to say that the VAR has helped and they fixed more wrong calls than they've had mistakes compared to what the refs would have had naturally. But it's still it's still so annoying. It's still so annoying, and you just like before. I think as a fan, it was easier to stomach like human error. Like especially if you played, if you played uh, any type of soccer or you, you know, like even pickup, and you you just know how minuscule margins are. And like if, if you played center back and you thought someone was offsides, but you were like, oh, it's kind of close. I could see how the ref could see that. That that was not offsides or something, and you could just <clears throat> calm yourself down, just knowing he's human. I'm human. He's human. We all make errors. When you're when you have a machine that's supposed to be black and white, and everything's supposed to go through that machine, and it's supposed to stop errors, and you still get robbed, like you still get hurt by that, like that just that's a different kind of hurt. That 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 feels like it's like premeditated. That feels like there's someone like there's a higher up trying to get you. It doesn't just end at the referee. It ends at like the whole organization. It, 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 like you start questioning who's at the box. Like you start questioning who's controlling the people up there. Like it's you just you let your mind just go crazy and you're like, what the fuck? Like how much money was on this game? Like who's betting on this? And I mean, you could have had those ideas too before with the ref. Like someone could have bought the ref, but now it's not just like the ref. It's like all the VAR people because they're supposed to be like multiple people up there checking each other huh, it's just crazy it's crazy it's crazy that we're having these conversations year in year out uh, i think the two robbies were on the commentary or like they were on the nbc postgame um discussion one of them was like we should just get rid of VAR, and i was like i was watching that i was like yeah you should like screw VAR, man i'm tired of VAR. like i said it kills a lot of nice moments with these checks like the the natural excitement of a goal and it still it still has everyone pulling their head out everyone's pulling their hair out just can't understand how it gets these calls consistently wrong like every week every week there's there's some controversial thing how is that not a pen it was a pen over here like var it's it's a mess I feel sorry for Liverpool. They should be top of the table. I I, hold, I wholeheartedly believe that if they get that goal, they're able to hold on. Or at the very least, they get a point. But it sucks, man. And it's going to be a tight race, to be honest. Like, they're not, you're not always the, those other top three, four teams competing for the title. Wolves aren't always going to be there to beat City, you know, and take points off of them. So they had a golden opportunity, Liverpool. The same weekend that City loses, they lose too. Kind of sucks. Kind of fucking sucks. But it is what it is. You move on to the next week and you hope that VAR gets better. You hope that these inept referees get better. But, man, I've been ranting. I think what, we're on year four of VAR and I've been ranting for, I think, all four years. And Has it gotten better? Probably not. So we'll, we'll see what happens. But, yeah, now that we touch on that Liverpool part of the topic let's go to my Wolves my Wolves pull up the upset and beat City oh my god like what what a great way to wake up what a great way to wake up on Saturday watch a game that you think Wolves have no chance we just came we just came from last weekend not being able to beat Luton Town 2-2 um 
thinking like, man, we're gonna get relegated for sure. City might like City might just absolutely annihilate us. Like we're thinking actually one one against Luton and then three two against uh in pitch town and we're out of the cup. And you're just thinking like this is the worst week ever. We're gonna get we're gonna be freaking just feeder. We're just, like Man City's just gonna torture us. No one had us winning. No one had us winning. And we come out with the two one victory. My boy Neto all the way back. I said it last week or a week and a half ago. I said it a week and a half ago that he's all the way back. He is all the way back. That that guy is a menace. On the right side, on the left side, like he was dusting foods. He 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 left Foden behind him on the on the first goal on the run that he had. Uh, he left Ake behind him. He was running all over these guys. It didn't matter who was who was covering him. He's he's just so fast. Like his speed looks like it's all the way back now. Thank God he's finally back. And um, yeah, a little fortunate with the with the own goal by Diaz, but we'll take it. We'll take it. Um, Neto created that run, created that chance. Um, I feel like if Diaz doesn't commit to to stopping that cross, it gets to Cunha, I think, or Huang. I, I don't know who was behind, but it, it looked like they were gonna get there. So good run by good run by Neto, and my guy, man, Juan He Chan, proves Pep Guardiola wrong. You know, he he didn't know his name. He called him the Korean guy. It got a lot of attention. It got a lot of Got picked up by Twitter. It was one of the talking points going into the game. And he scores a winner. Beautiful moment, man. I'm happy for my guy. He's having his best spell with the Wolves since he came, um, what was it, like two years ago? Like, this is the best This is the best run that he's had. Neto and Juan playing like this. And if you get Cunha scoring some goals, hey, we might be able to turn the season around. Wolves jump up the table um, after this victory. I think we went up to 13th at the time of the game but now now we're down to 15th after all the matches have concluded there's Luton Town still has one against Burnley they're both beneath us so they might pass us uh, Luton Town has a chance to pass us but Burnley doesn't but overall man like I'm like we have been known to steal points off city maybe not and like in the last two three years but when Raul Jimenez and Traore and all of them were like at their peak with Nuno like they were they were getting points off city so like it's not it's not unheard of for the Wolves to take points off City. Amazing victory by the Wolves. Like this is the type of effort that you want to see. Like Molyneux was cracking too. Like they were they were chanting like Nunes, what is the score? Like something like that. I forgot I forget the exact chant, but they were basically rubbing it on Nunes that like he forced his way out of Wolves and now we're beating your team. It was just it was just a beautiful, beautiful time to be a Wolves. Like, yeah, we were in a relegation spot going into the game, but who cares, man? We're Neto's all the way back. We beat the treble winning. We beat the reigning champions. And I think that goes a lot goes a long way because it kind of felt like the coach was losing the team. It kind of felt like no one was buying into him. It kind of felt like, okay, we a big coaching change. Another coaching change is gonna happen pretty soon. So for the team to show up like that after a tough week, getting bounced at the cub. Tying to Luton Town 1-1. Big, big stuff. Big, big stuff. Now, if they're able to carry this into the next few weeks, move up the table a little bit, that'd be nice. Like, we need that. Wolves need to build on this. Like, 
this this has to this has to do something for them. Like you got Aston Villa next, you got Bournemouth, uh, Bournemouth, uh, Newcastle, who's kind of on fire right now. Sheffield United, so you should be able to get some points. Aston Villa, Bournemouth, Sheffield, those are Newcastle and Tottenham in the next five weeks. There's three very winnable games, three teams that you should be able to get points against. So let's get this going, Wolves. Let's get this going. Let's build on this. Let's build on this. Like I said, Neto, all the way back. Huang Hee Chan, that dude. That's Show me uh, I'm him moment. This is one of them. Have you seen those little TikTok trends or real trends? What's your I'm him moment? That's it right there. We're scoring the winner against the trouble winning undefeated reigning champions. That's it right there. So hopefully the Wolves use this to turn their season around. Let's get a top 10 spot in the next few weeks. Let's go. Let's keep moving up. Up the mighty Wolves. Up the mighty Wolves. Let's go. And I will say this. I just I just saw my notes real quick. Neto, before his injury, I was saying was better or comparable to Saka and Foden. And, you know, they've had great last few years, especially Saka. Foden competing in a very competitive city team, getting getting playing time sometimes. Sometimes he rides the bench a little bit. My boy Neto, at least on Saturday, cleared, cleared Foden. Cleared Foden. And I don't want to say he clears Saka right now because Saka is a fucking beast. And he's balling out with Arsenal. But he keeps go- he keeps playing this way. Might have to open that conversation back up again. My boy's all the way back. Up the Mighty Wolves. Let's go. And week four of the NFL season concluded with the Seahawks beating down on the New York Giants 24-3. The Seahawks' Legion of Boom 2.0 is here. They... 11 sacks against the Giants, pick six, multiple turnover on downs. Like, it was like Seahawks reincarnated from 2013, 2014. Like, ooh, they look they look like they were the best defense in the league right now. Obviously, playing against the Giants, they're going to make you do that. <laughs> the Cowboys look like the best defense in the league in week one. Now the Seahawks looking like the best defense in the league. Let's talk about it. Um, Daniel Jones, pick six. They finally have a decent, decent drive. They scored three points the whole game. So you gotta understand, like context of the game, they weren't moving the ball too well. They finally move it into the red zone. It looks like they brought a score. And either he threw the ball behind one of his receivers, or he threw it too far in front of the other. There's two receivers in the area. He threw it dead in the middle, maybe hoping that one of them was going to get it. Nope. Witherspoon gets it, pick six, game over. At, at the time, what was it? like? I think it was 14-3 at the time. They could have cut, cut it to 14-10 if they scored a touchdown on that drive. Oh, my God. I got a lot of hate from Giants fans or a decent amount of hate from Giants fans after the week one. I was like, he's not the guy. I don't know why they paid him. And they, they, had, they had valid points, some of them. Some of them were mean, but some of them had valid points like, hey, there's no protection. He was pressured a lot. You know, it's the Cowboys. I forgot what else they were saying. Um, he didn't even get paid that much, which he did. $40 million is a lot, especially for a mediocre quarterback. If, so if you think, if you're with me and you think he's mediocre, $40 million is a lot. So obviously, I want to preface my 
statements with saying this by no means this loss by no means is on Daniel Jones. Like all of it, the deep the line is atrocious. He lacks weapons. The fact that Saquon Barkley is again hurt, again missed another week, doesn't help. But dude, like you can't throw the pick six there. If you're getting sacked, you the Seahawks on the other side were not doing a lot either for most of the game. Like if you look at the stats, like it was the defense that really got them there. If you're Daniel Jones, you just know that you got to take care of the football. If you're getting sacked, I'm not, I don't want to say it is what it is, but like you're getting sacked, you just protect the ball. I know it sucks that you're getting sacked that much, but protect the ball. Obviously, if you're getting hit by behind, it's kind of hard. But um, if you look at the stats, Daniel Jones turning the ball over like he did the first two, three years of his career. Last year, starting to feel like an anomaly, starting to feel like, damn, you know, we're going to get one of these good years every four years. Is that, is that, but like I said, the Lions atrocious, but it's just a sour taste in the mouth. And the questions are already coming up. It's like, I'm not the only one hating on Daniel Jones or saying he's not the guy. Like they're already asking Dayball if they're going to switch coach, if they're going to switch quarterbacks. He said, no, um, but the media is already turning on him. It doesn't look good when you're getting absolutely blasted at home. Like what is it? What was a like? The Cowboys scored forty on you. Seahawks beat you by twenty one. You scored three points. You don't even score a touchdown at home. Like it's it's sad. And if you don't have this amazing comeback against the Cardinals, you're just completely getting outplayed by everyone. Obviously, it was a nice comeback against the Cardinals, but man, even Dayball. He threw he threw his surface pro right next to right next to Daniel Jones after the pick six. He was obviously here of the moment. That's a very frustrating play. But man, I was watching the telecast. I was I was flipping from regular broadcast to the ESPN Manning cast. So that that reaction by Manning and Eli was just priceless. Like, just can't do that right there, man. You can't throw that football. You can't have a pick six when it's the first drive that you're your team is getting to the red zone. It looks like you're finally going to score. Also, another thing, as I flipped it back to the regular uh, ESPN cast uh, or broadcast, Troy Aikman was kind of highlighting how I don't know how Daniel Jones is keeping his composure. And although composure is very good, it's also kind of good to let it all out and like let your teammates know that like you're not gonna stand by this you know you're gonna stand up for yourself and be like hey fucking protect me or like do better you know like like get like block the fucking guy so daniel jones needs to show a little more character a little more assertiveness or like even on the sidelines i forgot who i was listening to after post-game match was saying like when you're not getting anything going like before you you on your next drive before you enter the field like you kind of want to see your your quarterback rallying the troops kind of getting into their faces like come on let's go let's go we got this we got this let's do this he's not that guy he's not the guy that's going to do that and this is just a thought that came to my head sometimes that's just your personality sometimes that's just how you are and like obviously you would love your quarterback to be a vocal leader and be someone that rallies the troops and gets everyone going sometimes that's not that's not who you are so it's kind of hard for you to ask him to do that other times other times from me going to being in school maybe not participating as much as i 
what to hope for in a group project or maybe noticing there's a problem but i don't have the solution so why would i why would i bring up this problem maybe daniel jones doesn't get in his lines um face or confront them or like tells them like what the hell is going on because maybe there's a check that he could go to or maybe he knows that he should audible or do something and you know he doesn't he he doesn't feel that he has the right to complain when he could improve and he is saying the right stuff in the in the media he says he has to go through his progressions better quicker he needs to make the right throw if you look at his press conference that's what he's saying so maybe there's a little validity to that. Maybe he does think that, hey, how am I going to complain when I know internally I could be playing better? I could be making, maybe adjusting the line a little better. Maybe rolling my line out to the right. Like, I know Dayball is a coach and he's going to make the calls, but we've seen quarterbacks adjust, adjust the line, shift the line. They recognize a blitz. They shift the line right. Like, Manny used to do it all the time. He, he Manny was a sitting duck. And it's not like they were rolling him out. It's not like they were doing all these special plays. He would just do it himself. Call out the blitz. Call out the player. Just bring the running back. Tell him right here. Like, all this stuff. So maybe that's why. Because Aikman, it lit lit up a bulb in me when Aikman said that. Like, hey, if some of my linemen were here, standing right here, they'll be like, oh, Aikman would not take that. He would have gone in my face. He would have. He cussed me out when that was happening if I wasn't blocking correctly. I don't know. It's all speculation, but I think Daniel Jones. How good of how good of a quarterback is he? Like, I don't know. He is mobile, so he does add that element. But what is he, year four now, year five? You want to see a little bit more? Obviously, the Giants terrible franchise <laughs> like the fact that they have all these no-name players wide receivers that haven't hit i will say this darren waller like they traded for him three catches 21 yards really that's all you could do but also like uh, like this is where I, this is where sometimes i feel like people don't comprehend like daniel jones has, has a limited arm he doesn't really throw it too far too often. He only threw the ball twice up to his second pick. He had only thrown it once, 20 yards down the field. The second time he throws it, he throws a pick. So it's kind of like the defense knows that you're not going to go deep. So they could sit. They could push their coverage forward. Like Then the spaces are already tight. They get tighter. It's just a whole thing when your quarterback can't stretch your defense vertically. Like, it just crunches down the field. And that's one of his limitations. It's one of the things that, that limits uh, Mac Jones. Like, you know, he can't he can't really push the ball down the field. He can't uh, punish you. So it's tough. Like, the defense knows that they could just stack the box and, you know, force you to find even tighter spaces. That's what it's tough. I low-key feel, I low-key feel like Daniel Jones is a better Mac Jones not too much in the arm, but he's just way more athletic and he could run. But is that good enough to be a starting quarterback in the league? Is that good enough to get you $40 million a year? I mean, for me personally, I wouldn't have extended him. I would have given him another year, like prove it type of deal, um, and then go from there. If he doesn't like it, 
I don't know how, like how huge the market would have been for him in the open. Like we'll see, or like we could have seen, but we didn't. Um, but I do think that there's outs in that contract, so I don't think the Giants are completely tired of him. I would like to hope. But yeah, man, tough, tough, tough watch, dude. Tough watch as a neutral. That pick six, it was like, oh man, it's ugly. Seeing fans with like their head down, scrolling through their phone, like that weather app was doing OT inside that stadium. That <laughs> they were just scrolling through their phone, head down. It was a sad day. It was a sad night in in New York and New Jersey. Oh, but what are you gonna do, man? You pay to the man. Lion can't block anyone. Quarterback showing no emotion, showing no charisma, no charisma, no no bravado, no fire. Like it's just all oh, your coach is throwing surface pros <laughs> at the seat right next to Matt, to uh, Daniel Jones. Uh, yeah, it's a tough. It was a tough watch as a neutral. I feel bad for Giant fans out there. Don't hate me. Don't hate me for doubting Daniel Jones. Like, be let's be honest. He. He has not looked good, and and you paid him. And if if you were objectively seeing this on a different team that you weren't a fan of, you would probably say, like, yeah, this guy's not too good. But obviously, he's your quarterback. You're going to defend him. I get it. But wish the Giants the best. I will say that. I have nothing against Giants. I, I was actually rooting for them against the Patriots to beat, so that they wouldn't go undefeated. Yeah, I like, I, like, I like Tiki Barber, even though Giant fans may have – Mixed feelings I got about Tiki Barber. Plaxico Burris was dope. Shockey was dope. Boss, the white tight end after Shockey was dope. Um, Prince of Mukumara was dope. Uh, Pierce, the middle linebacker, was sick. Human uh, Euro was dope. Like, Strahan was dope. Like, hey, Giants, Giants is a cool franchise. Uh, Brandon Jacobs was sick. Uh, I forgot the little running back next to Brandon Jacobs. He was sick too. Like, bro, you guys have had some Manningham. I like the Giants. As a as a neutral fan, I like the Giants. So I'm keeping it a buck. Daniel Jones, if I was a Giants fan, would scare me as my long term my long term solution at the quarterback position. And the worst news for the Giants is that they're one and three. You got the Cowboys, you got the Eagles in your division that you still gotta play. Cowboys again, and then the Eagles. And your next matches, your next games are against the Dolphins, who just got embarrassed by the Bills, who are probably like looking to take out their frustration on someone. And then you got the Bills after that, who just punked the Dolphins, who are probably going to punk you. So, <laughs> oh man, dude. Sorry, Giants fans. Like, we might be staring down at a one and five. And at that point, if you go to one and five and you get steamrolled by the Dolphins and then you get steamrolled by the Bills and Daniel Jones has like, what, a couple more fumbles in each game, a couple picks, like w- there's a possibility there's a different starting quarterback. What is it? Week five, week six, week seven. You might be looking at a different starting quarterback week seven. I'm just going to put it out there. All right, but let's talk about that game. Uh, what a complete match by the by the Bills. Like, there's no other way to put it. They showed up and they did their thing, man. Josh Allen, five total touchdowns, four incompletions, 320 yards, just completely outclassing Tua, 
<laughs> on the field. Like you, you got to see like okay, Tua's having a good year. Tua for the first three weeks was the leading MVP candidate in a lot of people's ballads. But there's levels to this. There's 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 a difference between a good quarterback having a great start of the season with a great system around him and great weapons and a great offensive coach. But, you know, you're still just a good, I don't want to say above average because it kind of sounds like I'm talking down to Tua, but, like, he's still just a good to really good quarterback, and you wouldn't really call him great, at least not yet. There's a difference between that and then a quarterback that's kind of renowned as being great or being able to give you elite, elite moments, and that's Josh Allen. And Josh Allen has his flaws too, but, like, peak Josh Allen – can compete with anybody and he showed it he showed it yesterday um they did run the ball a little more than usual you got damn near three running backs with 30 yards each not the prettiest latavius murray 32 cook third 29 damian harris 29 josh allen only four runs 17 yards but he did get that one touchdown so i, I kind of like seeing that after looking looking at these stats i'm like josh allen only four runs 17 yards that's great. That means he's not doing all this superhero stuff where he just keeps running the ball, keeps running the ball, and like just keeps taking hits and hits and hits. Stephon Diggs, six receptions, 120 yards, three touchdowns. That 55-yard touchdown when he broke like five tackles, that was insane. That was a dog. Gabe Davis getting another touchdown, showing out this season, looking like a real number two. That's some good stuff. That's some good stuff, man. The, the Bills look pretty complete on offense. Like They look like when they're firing, they're going to be they're gonna be hard to stop defense look good defense look good um after the Dolphins scored 14 in the first and the start of the second quarter they only scored six the rest of the way got shut out on the fourth quarter the only thing about the Bills man ah man it seems like they always get a little injury here and there it was, it was white I think two seasons ago and then they lost um Vaughn Miller last year too I believe like towards the end of the season or in the last game. And now they lose to Davis White again. Their elite cornerback who had been playing a great game. He popped his Achilles. Confirmed on Monday that he's out for the year. Can they can they uh, get over that? With uh, the with the beast AFC. We'll have to see. But if they get Vaughn Miller. He's able to pressure. Then you might not need the cornerbacks too much. But if you just look at the wide receivers. I mean the Chiefs don't really have a true number one. Ravens don't really have a true number one. You are going to have to go against Jamar Chase. Uh, or you might not have to, actually. The Bengals are kind of cooked. Um, the Chargers have Keenan Allen. Uh, who's left? Jaguars have Ridley. Um, oh, Stephon Diggs. Uh, and then you have uh, Tyreek Hill and Waddle. So, yeah. I mean, the, the top teams, Waddle, Tyreek Hill, you just played against them. Like, maybe without your Davis White, you'll be all right if your offense can can outscore the, the Dolphins. Like, this is thinking long term because right now the Bills are firing on all cylinders. After the hiccup against the Jets, which is crazy that that even was a thing, that they lost to them without Aaron Rodgers. After that hiccup, Josh Allen has been playing amazing. He's not turning the ball over. He's not playing hero ball. Defense has looked good. Like, the Bills the Bills are here, man. It's good. Especially after all the turmoil that was going on. 
uh, in the offseason about, you know, Stephon Diggs and uh, Josh Allen. Supposedly, that, supposedly there's beef there. It looks like three touchdowns, 150 yards is going to fix that. Um, beating uh, divisional rivals, the Dolphins that were getting all the hype this uh, last week. That's going to really help fix that relationship. But, yeah, Bills look amazing. Bills look good. Um, they're peaking right now. Are they gonna peak too early again? Like, hopefully not. And like, I can't, I can't help but think that man, the Bills are low-key not a team that's built for Buffalo. Like, they're gritty and they're tough, but they're a passing team. Like, like they, I do like that they run the ball more, and they get some tough yards. And obviously, Josh Allen is a tough son of a gun, and he's gonna throw his body wherever, but. Like, if they were playing in Miami and they were able to just, or, like, in the Dome, like, how good would this team be in the Dome, like, in the postseason? Like, at some point, I do think that they'll, they've gotten used to the cold and it's still going to be an advantage. But I'm just thinking, like, how, if they were Dome, would they be a better team? No offense to Buffalo, but we'll see. Like, their offense, they're definitely an offensive-based team. But, like I said, the Chiefs are playing the cold, too, so just forget I even said that the Bills are playing hot right now, and I just want to give them props. That's all I want to say. Props to the Bills. Josh Allen's playing like MVP of the league. After doing this to Tua, the leading MVP before this week, I think Josh Allen takes that spot right now, especially with the Chiefs still not looking that hot and the Eagles still not looking that hot. I think I think Josh Allen takes that top spot right now. And the cold, the cold topic, let's, let's not talk about that right now. And to conclude... The Patriots get absolutely pummeled by the Cowboys. Mac Jones looks just terrible. Today on or on Monday, all the pundits were just going off on him. And as they should, man, Mac Jones is not the answer. And by like four more weeks, he's not going to be the starting quarterback. And then the Patriots are going to have to make a decision on Bill Belichick. As crazy as that sounds. Like if I would have told you three years ago that in 2023, Bill Belichick might not be able to continue with the Patriots by his own merit or like by his own choice. And they might even go up to him and be like, yo, after the season, you're out. Let's just say it was mutual. Let's just say you're looking for something else. You're going to take time to, you're going to take some time to spend it with your family, whatever story they come up in the off season to make it look like it was a mutual decision. Let's just, let's just do that. Let's save face for you. And let's not say you got fired mutual agreement. But we got to go a different way. Like, this is not working out. Like, and it looks like we're heading there. Because these these Patriots, their defense can only do so much when the offense doesn't do anything. And Mac Jones just doesn't look like he's a capable starting quarterback. Like, if you see that pick six he threw where he's late to get to the flat and you see Bill Belichick's face and he's just like, dude, what the hell is this guy doing? Like, like I'm over here in the last few years of my career. And I'm trying to catch up to Don Shula and you're doing this. Like, it's insane. Like, Bill Belichick is probably like, fuck, I need like seven more years to catch up to this guy. If this is the quarterback I'm going to have. It sucks. It sucks. It sucks, but it's all, it also doesn't suck. Like, yeah, in the last few years, I've actually grown to like Tom Brady, which is something crazy to think about because I did have this. I want to say hatred, but a sports hatred, which is kind of less than real, like real life hatred. But I had like a sports hatred towards Patriots and the 
and Tom Brady and Bill Belichick because of, you know, everything that they stood for and like the cheating scandals and running the AFC and as a former Charger fan before they left San Diego, it hurt me how, you know, Phillip Rivers couldn't get a championship. The Chargers as a franchise couldn't really get anything done. And you just see the Patriots and they're like, they're cheaters and they're just dominating. And and they talk to the press hella rough and their fans are kind of annoying. And you just start to have a sports hatred towards everything that surrounds the Patriots. And then, you know, Tom Brady shows his personality, leaves. He's cool. He's funny. Does funny comments. He throws... He throws championships across the pond in Tampa Bay. Like He has this cool documentary. He starts growing on you. Can't hate on Tom Brady no more. But I can still kind of hate on the Patriots, not going to lie. That, that that scar is still not fully healed. So to see the Patriots go from that dynasty run that they had, dynastic run that they had, and 20 years of excellence and being like the Spurs of the NFL, just that model franchise and their fans just knowing that each year they're going to be in the postseason. Each year, at minimum, they're probably going to be in the divisional or AFC championship game. They could suffer for a little bit. <laughs> they could suffer for a little bit. They could be mortals with the rest of us and experience, you know, terrible down years and years where you're like, <clears throat> man, we got to change our quarterback. We got to change our coach. We got to do all this. All-time great coaches, too. The Eagles fired Andy Reid, and their fans loved it. And they were asking for it at the time. Like, that's what happens. Highs and lows, highs and lows, highs and lows, highs and lows. You don't always have an all-time great quarterback. Your all-time great coach is not always going to be able to put out the great product out there. And Patriots, are that's their reality right now. And I'm kind of glad that they're they're experiencing that because, like I said, 20 years of excellence, it was, it was, the table was bound to turn. And they're living that right now. I don't think there's any Patriot fan out there that in their heart of heart believes that Mac Jones is their starting quarterback going forward. But they do need to give him a little bit more weapons. And obviously the defense, not the best performance either, but defense is still serviceable. I think if they just get anything going on offense, get a capable quarterback in there, you know, they might be able to do something in the next couple of years. But this season, they're cooked, man. If they get seven wins out of the season, It'll be a surprise. But that should do it for this episode of the Hard to Handle Sports Podcast. If you made it to the end, like always, I appreciate you so much. Um, have a great rest of your week. And Champions League football is going to be here. Hopefully, I do an episode recapping some of these matches. Hopefully, Madrid. By the time you're hearing this, hopefully, Madrid has beaten Napoli. Have a good day. No sudden moves on my goons are stretching, and I'm taxing for the feet on my damn collection.